Welcome to Conversations with Leaders, where we talk with cloud leaders from commercial enterprises to the public sector, hearing their perspectives on innovation at scale when it comes to people, culture, and organization. Hi, I'm Clark Rogers, an enterprise strategist at AWS. In this episode of Conversation with Leaders, I talk with Brian Lozada, who was formerly the Chief Information Security Officer at ZocDocs, and now the CISO at Dataminer. Brian and I talk scaling with velocity in the cloud, building an infrastructure as code culture, and of course, security risk and compliance. I hope you enjoy the episode. Brian, welcome to the podcast. Please give our listeners some background on ZocDoc. Thank you for having me, Clark. ZocDoc is one of the larger startups in New York that focuses on removing the friction in the healthcare experience. Uh, Nowadays, it takes patients on average about 24 days to book a doctor's appointment. And in 2018, that is just too much. At ZocDoc, we're able to bring that number down to 24 hours by making marketplace efficiencies part of the healthcare experience. That's fantastic. Please give our listeners some background on your career, your current role, and what security, governance, risk, or compliance functions you own at ZocDoc. My career started uh, as I was getting out of the Marine Corps and finishing my degree. Um, I, most people actually fall into security by accident and I actually chose it as something that I wanted to do. It aligned very much with my militant personality at the time of me getting out of the Marine Corps and I actually chose it. Um, started off my career in consulting. Um, after I moved out of consulting, I started getting into the startup world. Uh, worked for Vonage for a little bit of time. Then went into work for a creative workforce. Went to work for Sony Music uh, and dealing with Uh, the creative element or creative work product and trying to bring information security into the creative workforce is challenging. Uh, Most security folks thought of uh, early on in security was the office of no and you can't go into a creative workforce and tell them they can't do something. Their job is to be creative and take a risk. Uh, So I spent a good chunk of time there and then I moved on to Condé Nast. Uh, Condé Nast is also a media company um, focusing on publications, Vogue, GQ, or Lure, Vanity Fair. Uh, It was my first time actually uh, dealing with a rapid migration to AWS, and Condé Nast moved 100% to AWS in a very short period of time uh, back in in 2014. The Uh, famous uh, leaking data center, if I remember correctly. That is correct. That is absolutely correct. Uh, Joe Simon, our CTO, actually spoke at reInvent about the migration. Uh, Malik Zegdi was leading that up, um, and I actually reported into Malik, and I appreciate him bringing me into that project. Having security be part of that migration was was a focal point and I appreciated it. Um, Shortly after that, I went to go work for a FinTech startup um, and then came over to to ZocDoc. Um, At ZocDoc, uh, current role, thinking about how we handle about six million patients a month come to ZocDoc to actually book a doc's appointment. So it is a very important part that security be part of that experience for uh, our patients. Uh, so not only do I focus on the architecture, uh, but I also focus on the compliance side, but also minimizing the friction uh, with the patient experience. We do not want to have security controls in that patient experience that makes it harder for them to actually book a doctor's appointment. So I get into the innovative and product development side as well, which is very welcoming when it comes to security function. In 2018, we see every industry using the AWS cloud, from government agencies to financial services to healthcare, retail, manufacturing, oil and gas, just to name a few. Why did ZocDoc start exploring the use of AWS, and what led to ZocDoc's all-in adoption we see today? We looked at AWS uh, 
in, in a manner of looking at how we could scale and how we could scale with velocity. Being a startup, being a startup that focuses on technology and innovating on products, we needed that platform that was gonna be able to handle our speed of innovation. And AWS really gave us that ability to do so. That was one of the key focus areas for us, uh, was so that we can continue to innovate with speed. Awesome. As, as the CISO, uh, did you have any particular security risk or compliance concerns? And if so, how did you overcome them? So the first thing when I looked at it was looking at our overall architecture that we currently had, and not just doing a lift and shift, but actually re-architecting our environment with security in mind. That was the mindset that I wanted to bring to this migration. And fortunately enough, I was able to partner with our CTO here, Sirkin Kuten, who firmly believed in that as well. So he allowed security to be embedded into that process so that we built our new AWS cloud environment with security in mind. That was one. Uh, two, looking at compliance, taking an inventory of the compliance services that AWS offers and seeing these are the ones that are for our particular use cases, healthcare. So looking at the HIPAA compliance services right. and making those part of the architecture and saying these are the HIPAA compliance services that we are going to build our platform off of uh, was another area that we looked at. Um, and then the last thing was, it's not just to set it and forget it, but how do you maintain it and make it part of the culture and leveraging things like infrastructure as code and making sure that security is part of that infrastructure as code mentality was a big, big focal point for us. So what were your key security requirements for moving workloads into AWS? So one of the key requirements was maintaining compliance, understanding the services that we could take advantage of within AWS so that we maintained our HIPAA compliance. The other key area for us was understanding the shared responsibility model. I think that should be a key focal point for all folks that are either going to the cloud natively or thinking of that migration into the cloud is understanding where your responsibility lies and where AWS's responsibility lies. Because it's gonna tie into how you build things out, how you do incident response, mm -hmm. and how you are maintaining your program moving forward. So that was a very key focal, key focal point for us. Uh, the other area was maintaining continuous visibility of our data throughout the entire life cycle uh, while it was in AWS. Understanding how our data was coming in, where it was being stored, how it was being processed, where it was being transmitted, and how it was being deleted. So maintaining that entire data lifecycle and visibility uh, was very key for us. Also understanding access controls. So while migrating to the cloud, we, when you're in, in, in a data center sometimes, you know, folks move departments and they inherit permissions. This was a good opportunity for us to actually clean things up and make sure that we had tight access controls. So we made that a very key point of our migration and tightening things down from a user perspective, but also from an administrative perspective as well. We also focused heavily on encryption and key management. We did not want to go through one key to rule them all or a set it and forget it mentality. Sure. Uh, so we're taking advantage of things like AWS KMS and you know, Cloud HSM so they can manage our keys as well. Um, also, logging and monitoring, very key for us in the event of a negative incident. Uh, we wanted to ensure that we had the appropriate logs so that we could recreate that incident and then go back and you know prevent it from happening again. Monitoring, if you think of you know security over the past 25 years been doing the same thing, but monitoring is always focused at the perimeter area. When we were mo moving to AWS, we thought, can we do monitoring at an individual instance level to give us a lot more visibility and granularity so that we could respond appropriately? Uh, so that was something that we, we incorporated into our migration. And lastly, given that I'm a CISO and I have the feeling of impending doom, um, focusing on incident response, really focusing on how we were gonna handle incident response 
have a plan, not to just how we are going to respond, but how is our partner AWS going to respond in the event that we need to call them as well. Now that you've been in AWS for a while, let's talk a little bit about governance. What governance practices have you put in place that maintain the security of ZocDoc operations, but still allow your application teams to move fast? In the cloud vernacular, this is often referred to as building guardrails, not gates. Great, uh, great question. I think a lot of folks actually think about um, guardrails as, a, as something that is restrictive. We did not want to take that approach here. We wanted to give our development organization the ability to continue to innovate, uh, innovate with velocity and make security a business enabler. One way we did that was taking advantage of some of the AWS security services that are offered. Things like AWS Config or AWS Trusted Advisor. Ensuring that we had those controls in place that are monitoring and had the ability to respond in the event of something negative. Uh, or something not even negative, something that is out of security compliance or out of our realm of, of uh, allowable uh, technology exercise within the development organization. Uh, so we made sure that that was part of our platform. So as developers continue to use it, they have those things in the background. Very seamless to them, they actually don't really feel it. Uh, taking advantage of things like AWS Guard Duty as well, which we recently have, gives us a lot more visibility and the ability to respond quickly in the event that something does happen. A key concept for infrastructure teams operating in the cloud is known as infrastructure as code, where you build, deploy, and maintain your infrastructure via continuous integration, continuous deployment model, just as application developers have been doing for years. I understand that at ZocDoc, you've taken that concept and adapted it to your security teams as security as code. What is security as code as ZocDocs? Security as code is what we're calling our new way of thinking of applying security in cloud infrastructure. When I looked at the security industry over the past 25 years, the security industry's been doing the same exact thing, expecting different results. We've been looking at how I think do you, they call that insanity. That is true, that is, <laughs> that is something that's called insanity. But now with emerging technology, we can take a different approach at looking at security. Emerging technology of the cloud allows folks to innovate a lot quicker. We as security practitioners should be doing the same thing and applying that to how we apply our security programs. And I looked at the security industry, we've been doing monitoring for the same, alerting for the same, that's pretty much automated. What isn't is the investigative part and then the preventing and blocking part. Um, that is still largely not automated. So I thought, how can we do something with the security services or the tools that AWS offers to complete that cycle? And we took uh, things like, for example, if a developer, uh, which we give a lot of free reign to because we want them to be creative, we give them this AWS environment, their Picasso, let them go create their artwork. Right. But if they go ahead and spin up an S3 bucket that is unencrypted, um, that is against security policy. Right. Uh, what we do is everything that they do gets logged in CloudTrail, then CloudWatch. We trigger off of these events, and if it's unencrypted, a Lambda function then gets spun out and actually goes and encrypts that S3 bucket. This all happens uh, on the platform, on the back end, totally seamless to the developer. They actually don't know this is going on. We then send use SNS to actually send some messages to the developer, to our, myself, or to the security team, uh, to the management team of the, uh, the developer to make it a learning experience. So what we're doing is we're using the platform itself to you know, counter against misconfiguration but still giving the developers the ability and freedom that they need to without creating those gates. When you create gates for developers, then they tend to go around you, which right. would open up more risk uh, to, to, to the organization. So that's kind of how we, we, we started uh, with Security as Code, was looking at misconfigurations, but then we started taking advantage of 
AWS Guard Duty, which gives right. us so much more visibility. And we triggered specifically on the events that Guard Duty are picking up and doing kind of the same cycle from CloudTrail to CloudWatch to issuing a Lambda function, but doing different things. Instead of encrypting an S3 bucket, if GuardDuty finds a malicious instance on an EC2 instance, let's just go ahead and kill that EC2 instance. Got it. Like, we could just do that. That's the whole concept of immutable technology, right? Right. Let's just go back and spin up a new hardened AMI with it patched and without it in there. So we thought of doing that across all of our services. So we're doing that with, with guard duty on, on uh, just EC2 and finding malicious instances, but also if a developer spins up an environment that maybe the ports aren't uh, like they should be, or they're opening up SSH uh, to, on a public endpoint. Like we're capturing that and actually shutting those security groups down to tighten it up without the developer even knowing, but still giving us the ability to find it and then give that teaching or learning experience to, uh, to the development organization. Security assurance. ZocDoc maintains a SOC 2 attestation for its IT operations. How important was it to ZocDoc that AWS maintains its own SOC 2 as well as over 50 other certifications and attestations? So for us, it was very important to see that our trusted partner uh, took security as uh, important as we did. So maintaining a SOC 2 uh, as well as the other 50 certifications were important because it shows that it's part of the culture. It's part of the innovation piece. It's not just something that is an afterthought. It's something that is, is built into to AWS's platform, which we appreciate. We at ZocDoc do the same thing. Aside from our SOC 2, we actually have a high trust certification, which is the highest level certification you can get in security compliance. And we evidence that to our clients, and they appreciate it. So when I partner with a uh, with a technology partner and partnering with AWS, seeing that they do that, uh, it's welcoming. It's something that I trust that that partner uh, because they're taking that level of diligence when it comes to security and compliance. One of the elements that is often overlooked when contemplating a move to the cloud is the impact that the new paradigm brings from a culture and skills perspective. At Zocdoc. How did the move to a DevSecOps, continuous deployment, infrastructure as code culture impact your respective security, infrastructure, operations, and development teams? Great question. You're only as good as your talent in any organization, and I think that was key for us when we decided to uh, take that leap and moving to, to, to AWS and taking advantage of cloud, cloud technologies. It was we needed to get the culture excited about doing it, uh, partnering with with folks that can uh, you know bring in the right talent that are going to be excited about doing something disruptive, doing something innovative was very important for us. This is a learning process. This is not a set it and forget it. Um, the the joy of actually being in AWS is that things move quickly and technology changes quickly. So you may learn something now and in six months, not that it's irrelevant, but it's already changed. Sure. So having that culture that is willing to shift with you and want to continue to learn helps with making DevSecOps uh, you know, a focal point of how we manage our environment. Uh, so it's, it's finding the right talent that is excited and want to continue to innovate and be disruptive with technology. I think that was, that was a focus for us. And that's, that's never ending. That's always gonna right. be uh, what we focus our talent development on. Um, and it's also, these are like evergreen positions that are always gonna be there. Like we're always gonna want folks that want to have that type of mentality or that type of uh, innovative approach to, to tackling a, pro a problem or a technology solution. From a, from a skills perspective, uh, did you embed developers into your security teams? Did you teach your security professionals how to code? How, how, how did you look at it from that perspective? That is a great question. Uh, look, security professionals, uh, there's a talent shortage in information security right now. Um, so 
we did not want to say, let's hire a bunch of application security developers and then embed them into the development organization. Right. We just felt, one, it's gonna be expensive, two, it's gonna to take too long to actually find the talent. So partnering with the CTO, I asked if he could allow us to give a classroom experience to one of the developers from each engineering team that we have. Okay. Then that classroom experience, we taught that developer about secure coding tactics, OWASP top 10, how to leverage tools that were brought in for static code analysis. That developer would then go back to his engineering team or her engineering team, and then they would become the secure coding resource for that quarter. And then every three or four months, we would rotate. Another developer would come out and go through that same classroom experience. That's a great idea. So over an 18-month period, the entire engineering organization went through that experience. So they had they went through that classroom experience, so they all had that uh, training, and they all made security part of their culture, part of how they were coding. And then we reinforced that with the tools that we were using to look at static, static and dynamic code analysis. So, so effectively, you were deploying security ambassadors into the uh, engineering teams and throughout the business? Throughout the entire organization, that is correct. And then that shortened up. Uh, I didn't have to go back to the CFO and say, I need 15 application security engineers. It was something that was part of the developer's uh, workflow. This is something that they did as part of their culture. That's fantastic. So did, did you also work with uh, HR or your talent management organization to ensure that there were necessary funds and or incentives to encourage cloud skill certifications? There was. We, we did work with recruiting on things that we were sourcing for. Um, th the other thing was it's not just so much about cloud certification, it's the appetite. Got because it. this is something that a developer is going to want to do this. Some folks feel more comfortable in a data center setting, and that's fine. Right. Uh, but for where we're at at ZocDoc and what we're trying to accomplish with technology and healthcare, we needed somebody that wanted to be disruptive, get out of the comfort zone, and want to get into this space. So the appetite was something that we really honed in on when we were recruiting for talent. That's great. As you've become more knowledgeable and have gained experience about security in the cloud, particularly with AWS, what trends are you seeing develop in regards to successful and secure adoption or for continued security operational excellence? Great question. Uh, what I have been seeing over the past, uh, I'd say 18 months, I've seen a lot of it, is making security part of the conversation early on, making it something that is part of the platform, part of the discussion for moving to the cloud, while maintaining uh, services in the cloud as well baking a lot of the security services into infrastructure as code and what we're calling security as code as well. I've seen that a lot over the past few months. Um, and it just helps with innovation. It helps with enabling the business to continue to grow, grow securely, not stifling any of that, that type of innovation that they're doing, not gating any sort of processes. Uh, when you gate a process, folks figure out a way to actually bypass it. Uh, users don't get smarter, they get sneakier. So be embedded into their workflow and enable them to continue to grow with security in mind. I think that's, that's a key point of it. It's a call, security's always gonna be a cultural change, so how do you do that is uh, security needs to be viewed as a business enabler, a partner, instead right. of somebody that comes in and does enforcement or regulation, right? Um, you need to offer security as a service instead of coming in after the fact. Um, and I, I've seen cloud has allowed for security to be in that conversation early on because everybody's moving there, they fear that risk, and they bring security in early, uh, which is a good thing for us. So do, do you think that the business is able to move faster, that security is not viewed as the office of no, but the offer uh, the office of Yes, you can do that, but you must do these other su supporting actions. Absolutely. As a, look, you can make the right, everything is based off of, you're only as good as the information you have. 
And if you bring security into these conversations early on, they're going to provide that insight that's going to allow you to continue to move uh, and move quickly. We, uh, when I started at ZocDoc, I established the office of the CISA. Uh, and what we call it is the office of collaboration because it's the office where everybody comes to actually either get advice, insight, they're bouncing ideas off of us. But it gives us the opportunity to be embedded into that workflow a lot early on. You're a veteran security professional with experience operating in the AWS cloud. From your initial evaluation of AWS and your migration period to AWS through today, where you're running DevSecOps at scale, it's safe to say you've learned a lot. For our listeners who are just starting out or whose security operations in the cloud are less mature than ZocDocs, what advice would you give them as they begin their journey and start to develop operational maturity on the platform? So there's a few things I would, I would focus on. One is um, thinking out of the box and being creative with the security services that you currently have, the security services that AWS offers, thinking how you could actually be innovative with them. AWS has a, a, a marketing term that says build on. We should, as security practitioners, take that on as well. We should be building with these security services. We need to be innovative. We need to be pushing the industry away from the traditional uh, security in a box. On the cloud, there is no box. There is no wall. There is uh, just free flow of data. So how do we get embedded into that? I think that's, that's one area. Be very creative, very innovative. Think out of the box. And then the other area is uh, don't be afraid to fail. Like you're, The cloud allows you to fail and fail quickly. You could do the same with, with security. And I'm, I'm not saying take a risk with your production environment, but you can do things with uh, the security services that AWS offers and being innovative, taking that risk in a staging environment and then applying it into your production workload. So, uh, you know, definitely take advantage of the, of, of the services, be creative and don't be afraid to fail uh, because it, it's really going to help us as an industry push security to where it needs to be in that automated state, in that state that is allowing us to be a lot more proactive instead of the reactive phase that we've been in for the past 25 years. So it's, it's those, those two things that needs to be a good combination. Definitely support from the business, but um, I think that the cloud allows us to get there a lot quicker. Brian, thank you so much for your time today. I know our listeners learned a lot from your experience. Thank you, Clark. I appreciate the opportunity to share.